Big Mike here with He's Entertainment. Today's episode, we got the man, the myth, the legend, the best the UFC ever had. We got Boyce Gracie. If you like what we're doing, hit the subscribe button. Let's go. If you're looking for a mug, perhaps a hoodie, head on over to IOnlyTouchGreatness.com. Hi, I'm Boyce Gracie, and I'm Only Touch Greatness Podcast. <laughs> Podcast. This is I Only Touch Greatness Podcast with Ryan Hayes and Big Mike. We are going live. how you doing sir hi how are you good 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 thank you mike i'm, I'm big mike here i'm the one emailing with you uh thank you very much for taking the time today my partner ryan here hey nice to meet you nice to meet you man this is an honor you're a true legend and we're so honored to have you on our show thank you my pleasure okay so where are you guys at vancouver canada okay I go, I mean, I can't go right now, but normally I go to Vancouver Island. 
Oh, Nanaimo. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I got I got family in Nanaimo. It's beautiful there. Yep. Every August, September, I go over there. Well, what do you do over okay. there? Teach. I have a black belt of mine in the island. Actually, I have two over oh. there. Oh, okay. And I have right a black on. belt over in Vancouver. So. Oh. There okay. You go. That's awesome. So then you know you know the area well then. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> okay, okay. Like go. Yeah, so we'll just get started here. We're just going to ask you a bunch of questions about your career and fighting. Um, born in Brazil, what was uh, life like growing up? Man, I wouldn't change my <laughs> my life for anything. Growing up in Brazil to moving to America, it's I always say life is good in my world. No complaints. Did you play any other sports growing up? Um, I try, but I try soccer, but I had two left foot, so it didn't <laughs> work out very well. <laughs> I try. I mean, I grew up in a family of fighters, yeah, brothers, cousins. So everything we're always around sports, but nothing else interesting really me. Really interesting me. So yeah, we play, but no, we're not pros at other stuff. Our I mean, stuff was jujitsu. Yeah, and Brazilians we play, we play are either, yeah, Brazilians are usually either jiu-jitsu or soccer, the two the two big ones. Actually pretty good in judo and volleyball. Oh, okay. Okay. There you go. <laughs> um, I heard a story that you guys used to train right out of your garage. You and all your brothers would have people come over and have fights. Um back in Brazil or in America? I think it was in Brazil. I heard it was when you guys were kids. In Brazil, in Brazil, it was at the house. It wasn't in the garage. It was at the house. Okay. Oh, uh, okay. Actually, Hanzo, for a while, my cousin Hanzo and his brothers, they, their, fa their father, my cousin, rent a house for them. And the kids were living in the house. A bunch of teenagers, young adults, living by themselves in the house. And they always had <laughs> training. And sometimes training turns into a fight. And... <laughs> <laughs> Um, so it was your father and your uncle that got you into it or how did you first start in the jiu-jitsu oh man I grew up watching I mean my father my uncle started um, learned from the Japanese Semaeda and then my father learned by watching my uncle teach classes my uncles teach class and from my father once he learned from my uncles and then he took over he had he didn't create a whole new style, but he add technique and leverage into the moves to make it, make it easier for a smaller person to defend himself against somebody bigger and stronger without relying on strength and speed. You see, so you just need to, to know the right technique. And once my father took over, my uncle started to study more of the letters, numbers, you see, the Gracie diet, and that's when he came up with the, the Gracie diet. That's a, like, a, it's not exactly a diet. It's more of an eating habits. We eat everything. We just combine the food towards his digestion. So by watching them, when we were from since the young age that we were born, we were already following what we call the Gracie diet. We were already on the map. You see, my cousins, my brothers, everybody trained. So we grow up into that. And now your kids are fighting. 
my oldest son fights for Bellator, yes. My yeah, 18 year old decided to sign up for the Army Rangers. So next, uh, after the summer, he's going to join the Army. Okay. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, taking you back to UFC one and uh, what were your emotions and feelings going into that? Um, it's like growing up in my family. There's always somebody older and better. So it's always like, come on guys, give me a chance. Let me prove myself. So on every time, every day, you see, there's a demonstration, there's a fight, there's always, there's a challenge. Okay, can I, can I do it? No, 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 you're too young or there's somebody better. So when my father and my brother, Horo, decided to give me the chance to fight for the, for the, on the first UFC, that was my chance, yes, to prove that I can do this, that I can do what the family's been doing for many years. And that was three fights. I that was back when you had the three fights. It wasn't just like you fought one time a night. You fought three or four times at UFC one. Yes, and the first UFC there was uh, there was three fights in, in the same on one night. Second UFC was actually four fights in one night. But on the first one, there was three fights one night. There was no gloves, no time limit, no weight division, no rules. Pretty much it was just no eye gouging and no biting. That was the only rules not allowed. Wasn't he there, did, he, there? Yeah, didn't he? Didn't he bite you when you were choking him? I thought oh, he was he, biting you. Um, before, when I when on the finals with Gerald Gordo on the first UFC, as soon as I took him down, he took a bite of my ear. I, <laughs> I took him down, I got on top of him, my mouth on him. He took a bite of my ear. So that's when I put my ear on, put it off his mouth. I was like, dude, you're cheating. He just gave me a look like, so what? That's when I got the choke. I hold it a little longer. Yeah. <laughs> good for you he's trying plus to be like the, he's trying to be like mike tyson plus on the previous fight against ken shamrock when i choke him out i let go the choke and he tried to continue yeah so it was like man it's a it's a man's rule men's agreement and the guys are cheating so come on so the second the finals i hold on the choke a little longer make sure the referee saw that he was tapping <laughs> I love it. And you also won at UFC two and defended your title. I guess it was was it a title back then, or it was just like a championship? It was a it was a straight championship. There was yeah. no no because there was no uh, no weight division, so there was no titles yet. Yeah, it was open weight. I was one seventy eight, one eighty at the time, one seventy eight at the time fighting guys 250, 270 pounds. So, yeah. yeah, there was no title back then. It was just a straight, the champion. You win, you're the champion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What would what? you say your favorite submission? and uh... Submission um, and strike. The, I would say my favorite submission or move or, is the one that I can pull it off. Yeah. Sometimes, let's say I like the arm lock. But the opponent won't give me a chance to go for the arm. So you got to know all of them. And with the travel one that, that, that I can pull it off, it's, a, it's not – it's what he gives to me when he makes a mistake. Yeah. And see, I personally have always loved the BJJ. And uh, because I'm the small guy, I'm only like 5 feet 5, 135 pounds. And all my friends my whole life have all been big mic size or bigger than me. And like, I'm 
they're always the ones on top of me pounding on me and I'm having to hit them with the, like a guillotine from the bottom or like even a head scissors. <laughs> I hit my one buddy with once and a triangle. And But the idea, the idea for the smaller person is not even to be able to beat the bigger person. It's to be able to not, if you, if you don't lose, you put a, a, a guy a hundred pounds lighter than you fighting you and he doesn't lose. Who do you think won? Yeah. Moral, yeah. The moral who won that fight? It was the smaller guy. As long as you don't lose, you're fine. Yeah. And Jiu-Jitsu gives you the ability not to lose. You see, it's not... Uh, if you're going to win, that's a different question. You see, it's not, you cannot walk in with the mentality of, I'm going to beat the opponent. No, I'm going to walk in not to lose, Briefly because he's bigger than me. Now, give me somebody 100 pounds lighter than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's changed the whole game, you see. Yeah. Um, I, I know what happened, but for the people that might not know, what happened at UFC 3? UFC 3, I fought my first fight with Kimo, uh, Kimo Leopoldo, and was a wrong strategy. I tried to match strength with him. And both of us got exhausted, tired. I finally caught him in the arm lock. The fight was about maybe five minutes. Back then, there was no time limit. So it was until somebody quit. But I tried to match strength. And he, the guy was 250 pounds, man, solid, just built by the gods, man, just chiseled. So <laughs> I tried to match strength with him, and he was super strong. And... We're both dead tired. I won. I submit him in arm lock. I go back to the locker room. I had about maybe 10 minutes in between one fight and the other, yeah. 15 minutes the most. So my brothers stripped me down the, the, the gi, took my gi off, threw me in a cold shower, put me, dry me up, put me back in a gi, and we got to go again. The next fight finished fast, so it's time for me to get back. There was no, I mean, since it was a uh, tournament style, so depend how the next fight goes, you gotta go back again. Yeah. That's so if crazy. The next fight lasts twenty minutes. I have twenty minutes to rest. But if the last fight, the next fight, take, takes a minute, fast knockout, I'm I'm up next again. Gotta go back again. There's no intermission. <laughs> there was no time to rest. It was so it was I had about maybe fifteen minutes in between fights. I get back out, it was dehydration. So as soon as I walk in the cage, everything shuts down, blackout in front of me. I can hear everybody. John McCarthy came up to me and said, like, hey, are you ready? I say, yes, I am. As soon as I feel him walk away, I turn around and told my brothers and my father, guys, I can't see a thing. I was pretty much dehydration, passed out, standing up. I turn around, I was like, guys, I can't see anything. Do something. So my car just saw something was wrong, came back and talked to me again. Hey, I feel him coming back. He's like, are you all right? Is everything okay? I turned around. I was like, yep, I'm ready. I'm okay. As soon as I feel more away, I turned around again, told my brothers and my, my, and my cousin my, and my father. It's like, something's not right. Point me in the right direction. <laughs> so wow. Couldn't see a thing. So that's what my brother says. That's not confused. Being tough with stupidity. Yeah. You already proved that you're tough by stepping the cage, but and fighting, but continue when you cannot see, that will be stupidity. So he threw the towel. 
Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Like, I honestly wonder if fighters these days could even do that. Like, back and back and back. Like, <laughs> now, nowadays, they complain when they get, like, a month or two-month, uh, like, call. They're like, oh, you got to come back for another fight. I mean, you were fighting a couple of fights in one night. Four fights in one night. Yeah. <laughs> crazy. With no time limit, no weight division, <laughs> no yeah. gloves. That's crazy. I, when you say you lose your vision, it reminds me of that scene from Bloodsport where Van Damme couldn't see and he's trying to feel around. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? And Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm old, man. I remember that movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, UFC 4, you beat Dan Severn um, after the pay-per-view had ended. That was, uh, yes, they had a two-hour window for the pay-per-view. And I think went over like a minute and a half, a minute, a minute and a half over the time, the two-hour window. So until then, the commentators were like, man, Hoist is losing, Hoist is losing, Hoist is losing. There's several inside of my guard on top of me. And I'm just playing defense, just playing defense. And then the pay-per-view shut off. A minute later, I got him in a triangle. Yeah. So to <laughs> submit him. Yeah, and I read that all the people wanted their money back from the pay-per-view because they didn't get to see the ending. I heard it was one of the biggest, at the time, was the biggest pay-per-view, but then they had to refund a lot of people because they didn't finish the show. So a lot of, they got, it was the biggest, but it was the smallest. <laughs> Did you fight him more than once or just the one time? I only fought him several ones. Okay. okay. only need one time. That's right. Yeah, I know. I know. A couple of years ago, I think he called you out like five or six years after your after your fighting. Yeah. Oh, they all is want a rematch. Yeah. All of them. <laughs> they all is asking to get a rematch. So they get in line. That's what I tell them. Yeah. Yeah. So then UFC five happened, and they introduced all the time limits, and that's where you and Shamrock went thirty six minutes. On a, yeah. it was a draw, but you a, you should have won that. I think it was a, it was a, it was a thirty minute. No, it was I mean part of the rules I understand. You see, it was thirty minute. A match was thirty minutes, and then they didn't know what to do because they wouldn't. They were not expecting a draw, so they add another five or six minutes. Oh, okay. That's oh, okay. And but the whole time. On the first fight, the, the first time that I fought Shamrock, he came in to fight me. You see, I beat him in less than a minute. The second time, when you see five, he came in to just to hold on to me for a draw. He was very happy with the draw. Yeah. You see, and then we have a, we had then he challenged me again. We had he asked for a rematch. The promoters of Bellator uh, put a rematch between us, the third fight. That was my last fight about three years ago. And yep. it was my last fight and my first knockout. Oh, there you go. Wow. Hey, That's I had, awesome. We, had that, we have that question coming up a little shortly here and there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why yeah, did you end after, up leaving? Yeah. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. after that fight, though, with Shamrock, uh, why did you choose to leave the UFC? Bellator made me an offer. Okay. I mean, actually... Um, no, hold on. That was after the UFC 5, um, Japan made me an offer. Yeah. It was Pride at the time. Okay. They showed Pride, uh, K1 and yep. Dream. 
they all together, they all made me an offer over there. Yeah, yeah. Did you have any pre-fight rituals? Yes, my a day before, I always sit down with my with whoever's gonna be my corner, and I tell them how's the fight's gonna happen, what's gonna happen during the fights for them, more for them to know me. So I sit down, I close my eyes, and I'll describe the entire fight. If I, I'm on top, if I'm on the bottom, all the different situations, I'll describe them the fight for them to know what I'm going to do, for them to know me, so how I'm going to react if the guy kick me, if the guy punch me, if I punch him, if I kick him, if I get on top, if I get on the bar, I'll describe the entire fight. Wow, okay. Do you have a favorite movie about sports or fighting? Uh, favorite movies, classical, Godfather. Okay. The series. Yeah. <laughs> um, Last of the Mohicans. Oh, nice one. That's the Mohegans. Uh, um, 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 yeah, uh, Braveheart. Oh. Those are the, yeah. Yeah, I like Braveheart. I'm Scottish. <laughs> what are your thoughts and uh, what are your thoughts on being introduced into the UFC Hall of Fame? Um, first with Ken Shamrock. Yeah. It was, it was good because it's good for them that they recognize me as a, Number one, the guy who started the whole thing, the first champion. You see, that was awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you remember writing notes and letters to Mike Tyson, <laughs> trying, trying to challenge Mike Tyson? I hear, I hear you did more than just Mike Tyson. You used to write letters to challenge anybody that would fight you. No, no, I didn't write the letters. But we, my brother, Horion, issued a challenge to him. Because at the time, everybody was claiming, oh, yeah, the guys at the UFC are good, but Mike Tyson will destroy everybody. Okay. So my brother issued a challenge to him. I heard that he accepted, but the people around him did not, did not let him do it, did not yeah. accept. That would have destroyed boxing if he lost at the time. And he was in the prime of his career. So yeah, he is later met Tyson and super nice guy. Yeah. And he's like, man, I'm glad I didn't fight you, man. You didn't take me down. And I was like, Mike, but if your punch would go near my head, it would have knocked me out. Just the wind would have knocked me out. Yeah. <laughs> so did you watch that last uh, fight of his with Roy Jones? Of course I did. I'm a big fan of Tyson, man. Oh, okay. okay. Have you been on his show? Yes, I have. Oh, okay. That's awesome. It's a pretty good one. Yep. Um, what would you say your favorite venue was to fight in? Say again? What's your favorite venue that you fought in? Um, favorite venue? The one that pays the most. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True story. The True day, story. Man, I'm an entertainer. Yeah. yeah. Whoever yeah. pays the best. What about, what, right. about, what about like a stadium? What's your favorite stadium you ever fought in? I don't know if there's a favorite stadium. The all to me is, a, is an arena. You yeah. see, the all to me is a, a, a cage. Yeah. I'm concentrating on the ring, on the cage. But I fought at Tokyo Dome. That's, that's yeah. a big stadium right there. On New Year's evening, sold out stadium with a, uh, with a live TV going on in Japan. So, Wow. That's crazy. That's crazy. And you also had a fight. For an hour and a half, I believe that was in Pride or K1. 
and so pride, yes. pride. Yeah. And I, I read a note that he was, he was going to break your uh, femur, but you weren't going to give up. You would rather him break your femur and, but your towel or your corner threw in the towel. Is this a myth or? Yeah. Kind of like a myth. Yes. Oh, okay. It's no, clear. it's a, we fought for an hour and a half. It was actually six rounds of 15 minutes. I think it was two minute rest in between. So total would be like an hour and 45. Um, um, but on the sixth round, when we finished the sixth round, I sat down and I told my corner, I can get up, but I can't walk. Something <laughs> wrong with my leg. So it was a partial tear on the tendon and I cracked on the shin, you see, from a kick. So that's what my brother again said, let's not confuse toughness with stupidity. So I fought for an hour and 45 minutes. Yeah. How, how do you last that long in a fight? Good cardio, my friend. <laughs> Grace died. Good cardio. Yeah. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not even in the – I'm not going to say I'm in the hundredth of the shape you are, but uh, I fight in lacrosse, and a 15-second fight, 20-second fight in lacrosse feels like I ran 55 times around the, the field. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's tiring. <laughs> yes. It's uh, – you got to – I mean, that's my job. Yeah. Yes. Fighting. <laughs> I just know how to do it. And you've, so, yep. you've also trained your whole life to be able to have that statima. Yes, and put me like put me in a lacrosse field. Yeah, I probably won't last long. I'll be tired. Yeah. <laughs> hey, don't 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 listen to this guy. He gets tired when he runs one length of the floor and then has to come back to the other end. <laughs> uh, can uh, you, can, yeah, go, Mike. I was just gonna say, could you uh, describe your bouts with Yoshida? First fight with Yoshida, um, he, I, I pulled guard on him. He got on top of me, and he covered my face and told the ref he passed out. <laughs> and the ref stopped the fight. It was a total setup. Oh, I was wow. up off the ground before the both of them. There was no choke. There was nothing. He just covered my face, smiled my face, looked at the ref, and said he's out. There was a total setup, so they called that a no contest. The second fight I had with him right after we had a rematch, it was a 15-minute beating. I just beat him up. He, he tried to hit me three times. Tried. He missed. But it was a total beating. Even though the rule says if nobody quit, it's a draw. So it was a draw officially. The first one was a no contest. The second one, they, they realized that why the ref stopped the fight. The guy didn't have a choke, didn't have anything. So they wow. called no contest. On the second one, it was a draw. But if you watch the fight, it was, an, it was a beating, not a draw. I beat him for the 15, for the, for the both round, 10 and 5-minute round. So. And that's of the, uh, because of the first fight. You were so pissed off at how he acted on the first fight. Yes. Yeah. It was a straight up beating. I didn't even try to go for submission. I just tried to beat him up. Send <laughs> him a message. Who would you say your toughest opponent was in your career? It's inside of my head. Yeah. My imagination. Okay. So okay, I have fair. a wild that's imagination. Fair. It's a it's a my imagined my opponent with two heads, four arms, four legs. 300 pounds with 5% body fat. A punch will go through a cement wall. 
So if I can deal with that monster inside of my head, the opponent is easy. It's just another opponent. Well, that's a good way to look at it. Yeah. <laughs> Could you describe your time in K1? I mean, they did the, it was a, it was a joint show between with, K1 because K1 is kickboxing. Yeah, with pride. So I never really fought the kickboxing. It was a joint, they, they used to do a joint uh, uh, fights in Japan for New Year's evening between K1 and Dream or K1 and Pride. So it wasn't a strictly K1 rules. No. Okay. So they'll do a K1 match and an MMA match. K1 match, MMA match. So. Okay. What was your entering ring music or did you switch it up all the time? Less of the Mohicans. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like it. Sweet. <laughs> uh, okay. So what made you return to the UFC in 2006 where you, where you came back to fight Matt Hughes? Dana White just invited me over. It was nice and to come to reach a, out. I'm always a free contract. I'm always a, on the go. So, yep. As soon as he matched the, 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 the money Japan was paying, I came back and fought Matt Hughes. Yeah, okay. I remember that. <laughs> so, yeah. No, that's the fight also. Yeah, in my notes here, I got you refused to tap. And Matt Hughes said that he was, was going to break your arm. That's true. He had it. Yeah. But there's no quitting on me. So yeah, exactly. didn't get over this far to quit. And he had the arm. I was like, go ahead, break it. <laughs> and that's why you're the best ever. Yeah. <laughs> Mike. Um, and yeah, and then in 2013 you retired from competition. Um, did you know you were gonna hang it up at that time? Yeah, you, you gotta okay, on this sport or any sport, you have to know when to stop. You see, you got to know when to stop. You can't just think that you're going to last forever. You got, there's a time that you got to know when to stop. It's hard. It's very hard for professional athletes to stop. But the body doesn't recover as, as well, doesn't recover as fast. You see, so, yeah, you got to know when to stop. Of course. What do you think of the, all the rumors right now about GSP and Khabib coming back for a fight? They're both still able to fight. They're both still young. Why not? Yeah. I think I that's going to be, gonna be yeah, that's gonna one of the that. best. Yeah. I'll definitely watch that one. Who's you one and the... GSP are pretty tight, right? Um, yes. I haven't met Khabib yet. No. Okay. But they're both very good. Of course, we love GSP being from Canada, so... <laughs> <laughs> The, who would you say is a Brazilian up-and-comer fighter that we should be watching out for? Oh, man. Um, this weekend, we got, a, we got a, um, the Brazilian fighting against Usman uh, Durinho. So that's going to be a good fight. But upcoming, I would say Neyman is yep. upcoming. He's doing very good at Bellator. Yeah. Okay. Have you heard of uh, Nicolas Moda? No, I haven't. No, he's a Brazilian. He's uh, fighting the UFC this, uh, I think it's this weekend or next weekend coming up here. He's an up-and-comer from Brazil. He won a title in one of the other leagues, and then uh, he won Contender Series, and now he's on. Uh, he's in the UFC. But I think he's going to honestly be a stud in the UFC. And There's the kid, there's the kid uh, Charles 
that's choking, finishing everybody out of the UFC too. So okay, he's we, very good on submission. Another one of okay. our guests we had on recently just won this past weekend on the UFC from Brazil, Daniel Marquez. Marx. Yeah, Daniel Marx. Yes, heard of him. Yeah. Yeah, he, we had Brazil, him on the show. There's a lot of good Brazilian fighters, man. There's so many people. I mean, it's it's like soccer. Yeah. We have the best soccer players in the world because there's so much to choose from, so many people to choose from. Different than Spain, such a small country compared to Brazil, you see. Yeah. So, what, what do you think? Of, what, what, oh, go ahead. How did it feel coming out of uh, retirement to finish the trilogy with a big win against Shamrock? <laughs> I did not want to fight anymore. I was done. But he's the one that keeps challenging me. He's the one that, man, I want to rematch, I want to rematch. He was on top of the show, bugging the show. The show finally, like, man, you want to do it or not? First, I was like, no, nah, I don't want to do it. But then the show insists. I was like, you know what? Let's do this. It was my last fight, my first knockout. I'm glad I did it. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great way to go out. That's for sure. Yep. And now he's doing wrestling. Oh, is that right? Yeah, he's in. He's in uh, doing like WWF type wrestling, but he's in like TNA or some no name company. Uh huh. Yeah. Is there a favorite fight of yours, and why? And also, is there a fight that you always wanted to happen that never happened? Man, all the fights are, the, are my favorite. There's no. It's hard to pick one. Akibono, even Sakuraba for an hour and forty five minutes, man. Or you see, even Matt Hughes and Kimo. Dan Severn, Shamrock, all the three fights with Shamrock, Gerard Gordua, they're all good fights. It's hard to pick one. That's Akibono, true. six foot eight, four hundred and ninety pounds. Like, <laughs> I saw the highlights on that one. I saw the highlights on that one today. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> but then the um, fight that never happened. Uh, I would probably say the Mike Tyson one. Yeah. Okay, that would be okay. good. I know. Yeah, that, a, that would have been awesome. What about even now coming out and doing it again? No, I'm done, man. Come on. I got yeah. it. <laughs> okay. So, again, being from Canada and GSP, what was it like working with him and training with him? His talent. Um, he's tough. But above all that, his discipline. He get up and go train. He get up and do what he got to do. Learn what he got to learn. You see? But that's what, that's what, on the end of the day, toughness goes away. Talent goes away. But, and you hear about this in every profession. Hockey. Oh, my God. This, this hockey player is so talent. Next year, he disappears. He can't touch the puck. Yeah. Or he's True. so tough. And he's so tough. You've seen this in every sport, baseball, football, soccer. He's so tough. Falling here, disappear. Can't see him, doesn't, doesn't touch, this totally fall apart because there is no discipline. True. That's so true. You have to have discipline. You see, that's the difference between the guys that are on top and the guys that go on top for a bit and then disappear the next day. We you stay on top for a while, forever, man. You got to have discipline. Yeah, that's for sure. That's totally true. I haven't fought for three years. My my weight is still the same when I was fighting. 
My eating wow. habits are the same. My sleeping habits are the same. My training is the same. I just don't train as hard. I don't recover as fast. But I'm still getting up and go for my runs, lift weights, train. You see, so the habits don't change. Yeah. I was going to say, you're looking pretty good. That's why when you <laughs> said, how about you coming out of retirement? I was like, I, I don't know if that's out of question. <laughs> Never out of question, but hey. <laughs> Another thing about GSP is uh, how do you feel about him calling you the GOAT, the greatest of all time? That was awesome. That was awesome to hear that from him. We actually, I, I text him and he tell, we talk about it, that. And he's like, man, you're the one who started. There was no time limit, no weight divisions. You see, and you prove you're the one that walking there and prove. I definitely think that you and GSP are two, say if they did a Mount Rushmore of UFC or just MMA in general, um, definitely you're, you're there. Definitely GSP is on that mountain of Mount Rushmore type thing. Who would 100%. you who else who else do you think would be there? Oh man. Uh John Jones, Anderson Silva. There's so many good guys. Yeah. There's so many That's names. True. John Jones, Khabib. uh Matt Hughes, Khabib. um Khabib. Khabib. Uh, yeah. So there's so many guys, man. Amanda Nunes. You yeah. see what 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 uh uh um uh Man, it was uh, the one that, um, not Cyborg, uh, the, the American girl, the Ronda, Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Rousey. did for the females on the sport, you yeah. see. Yeah, so. definitely. I would have thought Ronda Rousey would be there. Um, Mike, you're going to shoot the next one, or do you want me to do it? Go ahead. Okay. Can you tell us the story about why you wear the blue belt instead of the, the coral belt? In the beginning, it was... Uh, when my father first learned was white, light blue collar belt and a dark Royal Navy blue for the, for the instructors. And then they create the Federation in Brazil years later and they award, they create a whole new belt system and they award my father with the, with the red belt as a master. Through the years, my father noticed that people were getting black belt in Jiu Jitsu because they win tournaments, because they win a fight. So he kind of took a step back and put a blue belt back on in protest of how people getting promoted. I always got promoted by him. Once he passed away, I put a belt like his, a blue Royal Navy blue with his signature on the end and promotion stops right there. It's like a, it's like a, I tell people, it's like if Mike Tyson walked into a karate school and knock out all the karate black belts, do that make him a black belt in karate? No. no. Why not? He doesn't know the system. He doesn't know the kata. So that's what's happening in jiu-jitsu. The guys come in, win the tournaments, but they don't know the philosophy. They don't know this philosophy, the, the, the self-defense part. They're good on scoring points. They're super tough. They're really good. They're professional fighters sometimes. But do they know the self-defense? Do they know the program? No, they don't. So, you see, my father in protest, he wants to encourage people to learn, like the kata, let's say, the, 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 the self-defense program. Yep. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. That makes total sense. And uh, <clears throat> what's it like being a police officer now? Is that what you're doing, correct? Uh, I'm a reserve police officer. Okay. okay. I'm a reserve, not a full-time. I'm over in uh, Pocatello, Idaho. And okay. it's more of a support for the law enforcement because right now with all this defunding the police and people have no idea what it is not to have police on the streets. I grew up in Brazil and it's hard sometimes for the police to arrive. So people have no idea what it is and not to have law enforcement out on the streets and just defund and dismantle the police. So that's when I present myself, poke, I talk to the guys at Pocatello, Idaho, police department. And they're like, man, you can be a reserve for us. So yeah, I think so. Look at you. You'd be, they come around <laughs> the corner, they see you. They're like, oh shit. <laughs> Are you, I'm guessing, I'm guessing you're training them self-defense as well down there. Yes. And when I go yep. over there, I teach them, you see, and patrol for a couple of days. That's the agreement. Okay. okay. So are you in Idaho nowadays or? No, no. I go over there to just to patrol, just to teach them. Oh, okay. okay. Where, do, where do you live nowadays? California, LA. Oh, oh you're oh, in LA. Right on. Okay. Right on. You don't have to deal with the weather we got here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God, because my, my Brazilian skin, skin doesn't, doesn't like the cold weather. No. <laughs> hey, Vancouver. That's why, you, that's why you said you only come in August or September. I get it. <laughs> yeah and vancouver is usually the warmest of all of canada too so <laughs> yep so not maybe not right now we're having a cold spell but still no snow <laughs> hopefully my stats aren't wrong here but uh, you did do some stuff in uh, lethal weapon correct my brother hordon did uh he was a uh, um, choreographer for the fight scene he choreographed the fight scene he's a technical advisor Oh, okay. Okay. For the first one, and I think the third one. So he choreographed the fight scene for them. Oh, right on. I got one. If you could sit down for dinner with anyone famous other than, I guess, yourself, um, who would it be? My father. Okay. That's an obvious obvious choice. Yeah. I would would say the same thing. (laughs) Yeah. Um. Hey, what about the karaoke question? Um, if you had to sing one song in karaoke, what song do you sing? Man, I wouldn't. No. <laughs> I am a horrible singer. Yeah. Okay. And if you were an animal, what would you be? Hmm. Definitely a predator, a lion. Okay, king of the jungle. <laughs> How did you celebrate after a big win? I don't. Celebrate what? My father always said, man, that's your job to win. So there's no reason to taunt the the opponent, dance in the cage or in the ring after you beat him. We go back to the locker room. Yeah, we're happy. Okay. Life goes on. You go for a nice celebration. Nah, not a big believer on that. Oh, okay. 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 What's your favorite piece of uh, sports memorabilia that you would have got over the years? Is there something that you kept after one of your fights or something that means the most to you? The first UFC, they give a gold medal okay. with, cool. a, the, with the logo 
of the the guy with the hands up. So, yep. Yeah, the old That's the old cool. UFC logo. Yeah, it's the old yeah. UFC logo. Yeah, and they uh, we actually now that we've been interviewing a lot of UFC people here, they uh, they tell us that I guess they have to give give over one article of clothing for them to keep. Yeah, it's the new it's the new UFC rule or something like that that they have to give something if it's their shorts or their shirt or something. Yep, I heard of that. Yes. Oh. Okay. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, When's your kids' uh, next bout coming up? Don't know. Don't know. Okay. Okay. I don't have any same schedule right now. You watch a lot okay. of Bellator? Yes. Okay. You know the uh, from right around here with the Gibsons, uh, Lance Gibson and Lance Gibson Jr. and what's and the- Julia Julia Bud? Yes, Julia Bud. Yes. Yeah. Yes, Gibson. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah, they're from about very good people. Very good people, right there, man. Yeah. She's tough too. Yeah, she. I was is. gonna. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. You must know Lance Gibson Senior as well. He was in one of the original UFCs. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Very good people, right there. Yeah, they're yeah, from they about are. ten minutes away from here. So. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they're really close to us. We had Lance Senior on the show too. Uh huh. Yeah. And Julie's stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> We're working on trying to get her on. Mike. Yeah. Hey. Oh, you- I just want to thank you so much uh, for taking the time for us today and coming on. We've been big fans of yours your whole career, obviously. And uh, it meant a lot to us. You are the best ever in our eyes. And it truly meant a lot. I just want to thank, thank you, you again. Thank you. Thanks. My son will be talking to you guys soon, eh? Yeah, we're going to yeah, have I- him on. Yep. Good. Hey, all right. That works. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much, Hoist. I appreciate it. This has been Thanks, a true guys. honor. True honor. We love having you on. And it was a great thank chat. You. Thank you very much. And stay yeah. safe. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank Take you. Take care, my man. Thanks. The man, the myth, the legend. That one went good. That was, that was a good one.